Hey, hey, come on, let's talk this out. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, Christian introducing you. And there's also... Uh, Will, I'm here. Will, from, from last uh, time. It's Jackson, as always. <laughs> yeah. And we took a little break over spring break, as did everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, a lot keeps on happening with news and stuff. But I think this one will just... It'll just be a conversation like any other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's been a pretty big week for, for entertainment um you know spring break what with the grammys and the oscar nominations being revealed so i think we'll have we'll have plenty to talk about there yeah and yeah. We, got, we got feedback uh about about you know all of our stuff so we're gonna try to cater to you guys as much as possible so let us know what you think obviously yeah i think it's so first off with will mentioning the grammys i mean doing something like that online that's so weird like and we have to accommodate but it's just so it's weird, and nobody even thought about the Grammys two months ago mm-hmm. and, and how we were going to do it. And people, obviously, a, a huge amount of people, like, hate the Grammys because they think it's biased and all the stuff. Which oh, which crazy. it is, yeah. Yeah, it, I think it's – they got this stuff planned way out, which I don't know if that makes it rigged or not, but – Yeah, no, there's still there's still a huge issue with representation of people of color, which I don't want to get all into the, the really, you know, deep political topics – 20 seconds into the podcast but there's what with the weekend getting snubbed even though he's shattered every record um which is crazy i've never favored the weekend i i've yet to find a weekend song that i enjoy personally i thought he was good but i didn't think he was that good i love the weekend i think he's very talented i have no doubt i have no doubt he's deserves a grammy i just didn't know he would you know Oh yeah, he's one of those people. I think, um, you know, there's there's musical geniuses that are just hard for people to understand or you know find taste in, and uh, I don't know songs like "Blinding Lights" and stuff like that. I I think it's the heavy synth type of sound and like future type of stuff is not really my, my yeah. It's very well produced and it was very well composed. I will definitely say. Yeah, and that that's all right. Like you don't have to like it, but you do kind of have to recognize that no song as long as we've been alive has been as monumental as Blinding Lights. Like that song is still in the top 5. It came out in 2019. Yeah. Like it, one of the things that I respect about him though is I really like when artists create like a storyline. Yeah. Like and and what ends up happening is these people evolve with their music and their storyline. Mm-hmm. I love concept albums a lot of the times where it tells a, yeah, I love those. Mm. It's like um, if you look at somebody like Doom, I didn't start listening to any of his music till about a year ago, and um, not not very much until probably like six months ago, a little bit before everybody found out he died, mm-hmm. um, and I. It's something about the lyricism, the creativity within that, and then the storyline that comes mm-hmm. along with it. Yeah, he's one of the, he's career. a very eclectic artist for sure because he yeah. produces and he raps and he's got all these alter egos. You know, he's got MF Doom, he's got Victor Vaughn, he's got um, mm-hmm. you know the Mad Villain, he's got King Ghidra, uh, he's got Metal mm-hmm. Fingers. Like he's he's insanely creative and he's incredibly talented with his with his lyricism and. Fun fact, the album Mad Villainy, by, by far my favorite album from him, 
came out on mm. the actual day that I was born, which is yeah. March 23rd, 2004. Um, which, oh, your birthday's coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's next week, next Tuesday. Um, but yeah, no, he's one of the lines that I always come back to when I think of MF Doom is his. Um, it's on, I want to say, Great Day on Mad Villainy. And the line is like, um, I hope they fix to the door to the matrix there's mad glitches one thing this party needs is more booze put yourself in my oh, shoes because yeah. he's mm. you know obviously the the rhyme he plays scene. on that expected word. yeah so yeah. excuse my language but the expected word is bitches because that's <laughs> one thing that is commonly desired at a party but he subverts <laughs> that and he starts mm. with booze and yeah, keeps what? flowing with that into the next rhyme scheme like that is endlessly creative I watched a video on YouTube. It was they broke down these rhyme schemes of people like him and Biggie. Was that the Vox video, the Vox earworm? Uh-huh. Yeah, I yep. love that video. That that was what opened my eyes to like the real art of lyricism because before that, I didn't really look into wordplay, which is kind of embarrassing because that video didn't come out too long ago. Mm-hmm. But wordplay was just kind of things would go over my head, even if I had the pop culture knowledge. It, it, I didn't mind it. It was just nice music. It's it's so weird to think because people don't think of it, but it's just poetry taken into musical. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, rhythm and poetry. Yeah, it's it it didn't occur to me until like two years ago, and I went, "Wait, rap stands for rhythm and poetry." I don't and know I, that that's actually where the name comes from. I think like that someone, it's more it's an automatopoeia of you know back in the seventies, it started with the drum beats and the Sugar Hill Gang, and they were like their flow and their automatopoeia was kind of the rapidy tappity kind of yeah. thing but that's definitely like that's a very apt way to describe it yeah, for sure that's what you'd call like that's like a thought that you get when you're high and just like oh, <laughs> yeah i mean i wouldn't doubt if a if a rapper actually like came up with oh, that yeah. or noticed that i'm 100 percent sure that yeah. they did. there's just something about about the brain that works it's so weird and like one of the people that i've looked at the evolution of the most would probably be tyler creator because you look at his music before and he would even say in interviews, it's just to make old white people mad. Oh, yeah. And it was just anger. Um, he, he'd purposely say things like um, rape a pregnant, whatever, and call it a, tell my friends I had a threesome and stuff like that. To now, which it's is obviously music. not okay, you know? Yeah. Right. No, in no yeah, way I does mean, the gray area stand behind such. No. Such they, <laughs> it's just like you can respect the evolution. Um, but it's really weird. Yeah, the thing I love about like Tyler, because when I think of evolu- art- artistic evolution, especially in hip hop, Tyler is one of the first artists that comes to my head because when he released Flower Boy in 2017, that mm. almost recontextualizes his early music. You know, back in, in 2011, 2013, when he was releasing the shock rap kind of stuff, the, you know, killing women with chainsaws and making fun of gay people using the F slur and stuff like that. He. Back then, it just sounded like he was just a homophobic person. He was... Turns out he's gay, bruh. Yeah, so that... internalized homophobia. Yeah, that recontextualizes it as someone who's trying to suppress their gay desires and suppress who they actually are, which makes going... Listening to Flower Boy and going back and listening to his earlier albums incredible. Another layer, because it's listening to the psychology of his own mind Mm -hmm. through his art, which is Mm -hmm. what's beautiful about art. You know, Absolutely. Like, like that could have that could have even I mean, I'm not saying it is, but it could have even been on purpose. It's odd, probably not. But, you know, that's the genius layer. Of, right. You mm-hmm. know, 2017, uh, when Flower Boy came out, 
that was when Salso, um, a friend from middle school and uh, in our out of high school as well, he showed me Flower Boy, and um, like it, it's just kind of I don't know. It's the idea of just serene, like serenity, like sitting outside, and it fits the album cover as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys watched the video. It's called uh, Flower Boy: A Conversation. It was an interview uh, with Tyler Creator and someone else. I'm not sure what that. his name was. Yeah, and they, and basically he just went through his emotions each day and just wrote them out, mm-hmm. and that's how it was. And sometimes Meanwhile, that's pretty clear, like with boredom, you know, uh, or um, just interesting little like hints, you know, coming out of you know a closet or like a barn or something, mm-hmm. something figurative, um, or the rumors with like Jaden Smith and stuff like yeah, that. Now, the first time I listened to Flower Boy, I did not like it. I think I actually fell asleep for the whole album. Like it, because I listened to it on a plane, you know, planes. I like uh-huh. to download albums and listen to them. And yeah. I was out from from forward to glitter. I was wow, absolutely oh, knocked out. And I tried to listen to it like, you know, the next year and I would give it a few months and I would come back to it. And I never liked it until I bought the CD. And uh, in the CD, there is a there's, you know, that they have that little book that comes with it. And in the book are all the mm. lyrics and when I read along to the lyrics, that's when it clicked for me that like this is this is some of the best, not only the best hip hop of the past mm-hmm. ten years, even I would even say some of the best music of the past ten years. This is some like like culture defining hip hop, you know, that that's I have no doubt that in twenty years that's gonna be one of the decade defining classics. Like yeah, how we look right. at Nomadic and Ready to Die from the nineties. My my quintessential ty- Tyler is Earthquake. Because it's just, it, it's an encompassment of everything. It's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm, but it's mm-hmm. me, it sounded like he really found himself. And Igor's a great album, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Found, he found whatever he knew. And it sounded like, almost like he just he just knew who he was now. And he could produce yeah. the best music that he could. Cause the, weird, the weird thing is, I could listen to Flower Boy on, almost on, like, repeat. But um, Igor is, like, you, you have to be in the mood for it. I feel like that's the difference between, you know, songs and rap and then music. Like, it's actual music. You have to be looking for something within it to listen to it. You can always enjoy it, but, like, a song like Earthquake, that's not meant to be listened to on a daily or during a workout or anything. Right. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I agree with your definition of music, how it's, you know, songs, like, with a deeper meaning. I think all music mm-hmm. is just expression through rhythm. Like, I think – I don't agree with Ben – despise ben shapiro's take that music for something to be music has to be there has to be harmony rhythm and what was the other one harmony rhythm and a melody melody yeah, yeah. that yeah. i think is a hundred percent untrue because then drummers aren't musicians then yeah. oh that was that was when it clicked for me oh this guy's racist yeah because yeah. before i would be like okay here's a couple points like if I if I can dig into his um, arguments, maybe I can take a point or two that I agree with. Um, but right there, like once he started on um, his tangent and degradation of music, like jazz music, mm-hmm. jazz that introduced so many new ideas that we can now give a name and feeling to something else. Jazz is the quintessential. If he knew anything about music at all, jazz is the quintessential peak of music technicality and skill because it's just. It's just someone taking their expression to the highest form, but with the skill to do it. Mm-hmm. It's literally mm-hmm. that, like, like one of my favorite 
say sayings in the in the music that I I was told was the right note is only a half step away. Mm-hmm. You can play whatever you want, and it's music. And obviously, in case Christian's connection was kind of lost on you, jazz is very emblematic of Black history and Black culture because it's one of the first instances in American history where Black people created uh, a genre of music, and that was a solely Black um, movement, which obviously, you know, Chuck Berry created rock and roll. you know, DJ Cool Herc created hip hop. We've got people creating genres left and right. Um, all black people, mm-hmm. by the way, which is very, very important to realize because a lot of what in, in hip hop culture, they're called culture vultures like Post Malone and MGK and people who don't appreciate the culture. Now, it's not my place to say whether they do or don't, but that's just the term that's used for them, like how Elvis kind of appropriated mm. um rock and roll culture we've got there's a lot of examples in hollywood about appropriating jazz culture what with la la land which i think is a great movie but oh yeah it's great music too yeah damien chazelle the director he directs la la land and whiplash both of which are about white people coming to save jazz and bring back jazz and make it popular again which is kind of uh you know it's it's something that you can miss on your first few viewings but when you when you kind of take a step back and look at it, like, yeah, it could be a little racist. Their intention, but either way, it's a clear oversight on what it means. Oh, absolutely. The the Uh, music was made. I mean, people don't realize it. It's as blunt as this. Blues was made because people were sad about slavery. Mm -hmm. That's literally what it was. It's that feeling, that deep feeling that people like us and our ancestors have experienced. And it comes through an expression that, it's just purely unique it's that jubilance that jazz came out of the 20s because it was this time where a lot of black people did find prosperity it didn't end very well but people found prosperity right and i don't mean to like point out and just call anybody racist for sure it was um it was once i started noticing that he was specifically attacking those musical genres that were um you know created and built by black people for the most part the foundation at least um, and so it's, it's clear he's got some sort of prejudice and I don't know if that's because of the history, if he thinks that, you know, the fact that these people didn't have knowledge on music theory, that mm-hmm. the music wasn't real music or something. Yeah. It, it, like, um, like most, like Mozart, you know, like all these people, he might as well just be saying, oh yeah, classical music. That's it. Like, yeah. It's yeah. subjective. He he's can a, say he just likes classical. He's a smart guy. Whether whether you disagree with him or not, I completely I hate the guy. Mm-hmm. But he's smart enough. He knows what he's doing. He might not even be racist, but he's peddling to a racist. Yeah, he audience. is very. I hate to say it, but he's incredibly talented when it comes to rhetoric and debate. Um, oh yeah, credit where it's due. The guy knows what he's doing when it comes to arguments. Yeah, he's the mm-hmm. well. To be fair, he debates usually uh college students mm-hmm. he doesn't yeah once dogs have you seen um i think it was on bbc when he had a it was just an argument he was just being interviewed actually and he couldn't take the heat from that guy i think so and he both was, of he, actually i think he was talking about pierce morgan he was talking to pierce morgan too i think actually i remember uh, i think if i know the interview that you're talking about i think both of them end up looking kind of bad um because they end up just you know yelling at each other and shouting insults and stuff he, he was it's so funny because he was debating with him, but he's a he was a conservative guy. He it was, was yeah, and, Andrew Neal. He said, um, 
He said, oh, Will isn't in the media right now, but uh, Andrew Neal said, if you knew who you were talking to or something like that or what you were talking about, you wouldn't have just said that um, because Andrew Neal is known to be somewhat of a conservative. Yeah, and obviously, if for people who don't know, conservative in Britain is like uh, like very conservative Democrat here, to be to be frank. But it's still, they're considered conservative, so... Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like it was just something else, and it is crazy. He is so talented, but um, I think when people like Ben Shapiro, you know, he's Jewish, or a lot of times you'll see like black people, they feel very justified in um, certain irrational feelings because they have that behind them, and it's not to completely invalidate their feelings, but. Uh, a lot of times the arguments become irrational because it's based on like, I'm Jewish. I know what I'm talking about. Or I'm black. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm talking about. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter when you're wrong. You're wrong. It doesn't right. matter what skin color you are. And that's, that's the truth. When you're wrong, you're wrong. So Ben Shapiro uses that argument to play into something that's obviously false. Because if you talk to most Jewish people, they probably don't agree with Ben Shapiro, you know, but uh, interesting about people like that, you know, Tucker Carlson is a registered Democrat. Who's Tucker Carlson? The lead, one of the lead reporters on Fox News. He's I didn't know that. At him every every day. He's if you're looking for conservatives' news voice, he's the uh, Chris Cuomo of cons- uh, conservative media. And I'm sure many of the viewers know who I'm talking about. I don't know, but Christian, you can look up his videos. Dude peddles racist ideas he just insulted a uh, pregnant woman in the military Uh-oh. saying they're sending pregnant women to fight our wars while China- oh i've seen tucker car tucker carlson he has a and i see him actually right now right next to uh candace owens uh talking about cardi b so i mean he's just general he's a and he knows what he's saying because he actually went to court and said that people don't take them seriously in order to win a lawsuit. Can you? He doesn't even believe what he's saying. He's a registered Democrat, guys. So imagine yeah. working at the. That's ultra- that's pretty emblematic of how a lot recently, especially, it's become pretty obvious that most of our news channels are entertainment based. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Fox specifically is labeled mm-hmm. as an entertainment channel. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. you know, I don't mean to get all conspiracy theory on you guys, but I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if there was some little group of people that like indirectly or directly owns both Fox News and CNN and Oh, that's got to be a conversation that's got to be talked about eventually because I mean, if you look at uh the big companies like you have um Coca-Cola, Dasani, uh, like Nestle, all these little companies and stuff, and then they come back to like the same five yeah. companies, and it, it makes you think like, okay, we got five at the center right there. Now, what one or two people own those? Yeah. All of those because it's got to just keep on going. Or even if it's not it's, like direct it's, ownership, it's got to be you know, there's people who have stock in both, or people who benefit both oh, yeah. ways. I mean, yeah, we all know, and you know, if you're gonna be successful in capitalism, preferably you're gonna have multiple mm-hmm. sources of income and you know plenty of passive income and stuff like that. So it'd only be smart to own or invest in these businesses when you already have a few million dollars or billion dollars. Uh, Rupert Murdoch, I've heard about Rupert Murdoch. He owns Fox News, and uh, 
I think he owned at one point several other news outlets. I think some of them even that were center left. And people, a lot of times, outsiders have blamed him for a lot of the divisiveness in America because he makes a huge amount of money out of it and he keeps on telling mm-hmm. them to peddle it. I'm not sure he still owns Fox News, but I yeah, know... Because the ratings get higher, I'd, I'd be willing to bet when there's an argument going on, like across the country. I mean, it... It's smart. I, our country incentivizes, you know, competition. Competition means someone mm-hmm. wins <laughs> completely at some point and someone loses everything. Um, there's really no other Have way you guys it. seen the movie Network? It has uh, Faye Dunaway, and I can't remember the guy, but it's got that famous scene, the, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Oh, I think I've seen Yeah, like if you've seen one like part, it's, got a, it's definitely from that part. But... Um, that is a movie that came out, I want to say, in the 70s, directed by Sidney Lumet, who's the guy who did 12 Angry Men. And um, oh, it is almost um, prophetic in that it directly predicted news becoming entertainment. You know, they have this guy who used oh. to be, uh, you know, he used to be a newscaster, but he he kind of snaps one day and he just, he sits on his on his show and he he rants about how the world is you know society and i'm i'm the water's turning the frogs yeah. gay <laughs> yeah Alex Jones. which actually i found out has some truth to it because what? something something in the water well quote-unquote gay something in the water was causing some sort of genetic mutation now this may be false but this is what i you know heard through social media so take it with a big grain of salt so, but um, apparently these frogs, male frogs, were coming out with female mm-hmm. genitalia and reproductive organs, which was insane. And even though this is on a on the other topic, another thing I want to mention is Ashton Kutcher, who was on Two and a Half Men. Um, I heard a story about him. His brother was dying and needed a heart, and so Ashton Kutcher, he's like twelve or thirteen at the time. He was gonna kill himself so his brother could have his heart, and apparently. His dad made it just in time to tell him, hey, bro, your brother got a heart, um, so you don't need to die. And so he just seems like all around, I've only ever heard good stories about that guy. Yeah, it's like, yeah, there's, I, I really do. There's some great actors out there for sure. For sure. Speaking of sensationalism, how about that Meghan Markle stuff? Considering we're talking about news, talking yeah. about news. Like I don't. This is all I know about it. So I know that there's whoever Princess Diana is. She's, oh, she's very significant, significant in this story. Okay. Very but so. I know that there was also some talk about the royal family being concerned as to the color and race of the baby. Which, if you're being realistic about things, the common African American in America is going to be around 60-70% African. So then you go down to her daughter, Meghan Markle. She's probably a little over a quarter, which means her son is probably 12, 15% black. Yeah. I don't think they had anything to be worried about besides a, a nice tan. Yeah. They said someone within the royal, I'm not sure, staff. I'm not sure if they were talking about the family member themselves. But here's my thing. Why is everyone so surprised that the rulers of the British mm-hmm. Empire, the, the, the at one point the largest colonial empire in mm-hmm. the world, who have, if you go down to the museum, like across the street, it's filled with stolen African artifacts. Everyone's like, oh my God, they could be slightly prejudiced. They only live in a palace where they don't get yeah. to see anybody. 
Like, yeah, yeah, they, they're 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 di- their so monarchy is only based off of exploiting people of color in less fortunate regions such as India and Africa. Uh, yeah, and, and who was it that like the, one of the princes, like one of the old dudes or something, um, like keeps on getting caught him and his wife for like laughing at these people for their cultural practices or for being prejudiced yeah. or racist and stuff Probably like that. Prince Andrew or Prince Charles. Prince Charles is Queen Elizabeth's son and heir he's probably gonna die before he ever gets the throne because that woman mm. to die but um he's he's kind of known as a real mm-hmm. stuck up guy unfortunately but it's, it's crazy yeah prince philip it was him oh prince philip he's 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 dead basically yeah. look at him he's he's <laughs> poor guy he walked to the hospital to get a quick checkup he's he's lived out like his his uncle was blown up by IRA guys. He was the last Raj of India. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Um, Queen Elizabeth, she was, I think she's the last like significant you know ruler, quote unquote, not really a ruler anymore. Last significant one who was actually there for um, colonialism, like when they still were taking control wow. of India and stuff. I think the old she's she's the oldest. She's the longest reigning monarch, right? Or close to it. Ever. There's one in like Thailand who ruled for like yeah. seven years. But if she lives like two more years, she'll be the longest reigning monarch in adult wise ever. Yeah. Talk about being stuck in the past when this woman is mm-hmm. still alive. I think yeah. to, these topics are real yeah. relevant. To be fair, she doesn't have any constitutional power, but right. still yeah. the tradition and wealth can outlast even the most progress that you can take, mm-hmm. you know? Crazy. That's, it, it just blows my mind. And luckily, you know, they came around to, we came around to getting rid of a monarchy, but it still feels like a lot of time we might as well just have one ruler per country. Cause we probably have like, I wouldn't be surprised if 10 people sit out, sit down at a table like once, once a month or something and discuss what the next month's news <laughs> are going to be. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I laugh, but that honestly, that does sound kind of accurate sometimes. It, yeah, a, obviously, not actually just 10 people controlling everything. I don't believe that to be completely true, but these people are very influential. There are, there are people with influence all the time. Like, for instance, the Kennedys. The Kennedy, I mean, we're not talking conspiracy or anything. I'm not trying to go like, oh, the Kennedys. Yeah, John JFK everything. is still but alive had, and he's causing racism. <laughs> Yeah, they've had someone in uh, in politics uh, ever since JFK's dad was ambassador to like Japan or something. They've had two senators, one president, like three congressmen, at least a couple state senators, ambassadors, first ladies, all the time. Uh, Andrew uh, Cuomo, who by the way right now is in deep <laughs> deep shit, his wife was. Did you hear about about Japan? And I know this is kind of off topic too, but um, gay marriage once again ruled unconstitutional. I oh, that. and that that relates directly to the Pope. You know, he he's trying to say he's he's basically trying to say I respect gay people, but as a Catholic, I cannot allow it. Which is what most religious people do in this country. Which is, in my I opinion, don't know if that's completely, completely valid. Um, he, yeah, what he's saying is. 
I can't do this because my institution will tear me to shreds and I'll lose my job. Right. That's what he's saying. He's saying my hands are tied. One day I'm going to wake up. The Pope is dead. He died. Mm. Yeah. That's what he's saying. I mean, if, if you're like truly patriotic and Catholic, but Catholic to the degree where, you know, the Pope's word is Mm. the word you follow almost. um, I don't know if those can really go hand in hand because we got freedom, uh, religious freedom here and not everyone is Catholic. Well, here's the funny thing is a lot of people who, you know, are pro-life, there's an argument for pro-life, yes, but a lot of times it's the wrong argument, which mm-hmm. is I'm Christian, and it's like, uh, there should be no abortion whatsoever. And it's well, like, she's no, not Christian. Yeah, and <laughs> there are plenty of religions that do allow abortion. There's plenty of religions that do allow a thing, and what makes their religion less valid than yours? So what if, if you're using my a religion as fen- offended by this, well, so are witches offended by you support uh, anti-abortion. So are whatever. And people would go, well, witches are less valid than Christians. Are they, though? Are they? Oh, yeah. I know. I can see why why we feel that way. But when it comes down to it, it's not- all religion is on the same level. You yeah. know, put them on a scale and they're the exact same teeter-totter. The only reason Christianity was viewed as nuts because people used to have multiple gods. They thought this was crazy. The only reason Christianity mm-hmm. I'm seeing is more valid, quote unquote, is because it's been yeah, of colonialism. everybody's heads. Yeah. And I'm not knocking Christianity. I myself am partially Christian. I'm just saying, don't disrespect another. Yeah, no, I, I was having a conversation with someone. I'm going to re- remain, have them remain nameless, but they, they posed the question of are humans basically good or bad, um, you know, at heart, which is a pretty common philosoph- philosophical thought yeah. experiment. I yeah. personally, I believe no, because the existence of moral gray area implies that, you know, so if, if all humans were to be basically good or basically bad at birth, that would imply one universal one universal concept of good and bad and all throughout Mm. history we can very clearly see that there are different context is important different interpretations of good and bad you know hitler thought he was fighting the good fight um people thought slavery was good because it stimulated the economy um you know no one Mm. no one will ever be able to agree on what good means and what bad means so that's that's what i told her or them that's what i told them that um that they you know there's no there's no way humans can be basically good or bad if good and bad are subjective terms and yeah they said that they believe that there is an objective good and i said well where where does that derive from and they said the bible so i was like okay well what about the people mm. who because if you if you do read the Bible pretty well versed in studies you know I've come from a, a pretty Christian family so I've gone to confirmation classes and I've read a good portion of the Bible um, if you do read the Bible there is a lot of, of text suggesting that God is the true good Jesus is the true good so if you believe in that I can see where you're coming from mm-hmm. but I said what about for people who um, they, you know, they are, they have nowhere to derive their true good from like, um, Hindu people, for example, people who, um, their religion comes from 
a more broad set of beliefs as opposed to one condensed book of stories. And they said, well, they, they're just like wrong. That's obviously, they, they didn't say it that bluntly, but they said, I still believe that Jesus is the Mm -hmm. true, you know, Jesus is in the heart of all people. And Jesus is the true um, good, even for people who don't accept him as their Lord and savior. And I think that, you know, that then I just said, oh, okay, because there's no real way that I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to realistically convince her DMs that well, she's been wrong about her religion her whole life. Mm-hmm. And basically, basically what she said right there was, you know, Jesus is in the heart of all people. She said, mm-hmm. people are born good right there. Uh, and which is not an actions point of view. I and so add. like that is right. I would, yeah, people are a product of their environment. And so if your means of survival is trusting the Bible, then that is going to be how how you survive. If your means of survival is to kill people every day of your life, it's hard to justify that. And it's hard to say that's entirely wrong because it's just there's so much context. I, I say people are all born good. Because we are social animals, we look out for the benefit of our. And there is evidence to support that, too. and that's that. Biologically, they they see a serotonin and dopamine increase when they make someone happy. I yeah. believe that. I believe almost in a third way. I believe that people are born human. I believe everyone has the good side, and I think, but everyone, I think, has a dark side, and I think it's sheerly on social construct and stuff after that i believe i believe it's hard to be born just evil but i think it's hard Mm. to be born a saint either you know like here's the thing with like you were saying she said you know i think there's a difference between believe and know and that's what people have to realize is when you believe well i believe in christianity and you believe that that word is law christianity derives itself from not solid evidence so therefore it is completely belief so and faith is not a bad thing to have it's just it's just that's the most objective way to look at religion it is just belief it's as much as believing that there's a a boogeyman and it's just as valid if you know that's Mm -hmm. if that's what where your faith is of course and it's 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 a great thing to have faith yeah, you but do have to recognize to that faith is different from knowledge, I think. Like, faith in a country that has freedom of religion mm-hmm. cannot dictate law. Right. Because it's it's not concrete fact. That's yeah, the thing. You, you, won't, you won't gain wisdom from reading the Bible. You may gain, you know, some knowledge, some insight, but wisdom ultimately comes from experience. And then it's like, well, which... Which is better, wisdom or knowledge? And here's, it can be both. Knowledge and wisdom are sometimes the same. But here's the thing. If you have to read a book in order to be a good person, maybe you're not a good person at heart. If you can't figure out what's right Mm -hmm. and wrong without reading a book, Mm -hmm. and I'm not disrespect the book, because it's very a venerable thing, the Bible. But I still believe that, you know, Jesus Christ probably didn't have to read the Bible. The Bible didn't exist to be a good person. so therefore i don't think you should trust in the bible if you're christian yeah it's trust yourself if you're a conduit through god trust yourself you know what i mean and know you'll make the right decision that's just my yeah no not trying to it's tough to say because you know humans do need guidance and like 
motivation a lot of times. So I, I don't know. Reading the Bible, it may not be the only thing that makes you a good person, but um, it, it might be what guides, you know, your your desire to do good things. You might not. Do yeah. And your perception of what good is. Also. Yeah. You, you might think that that being good yeah. is um, killing someone for another person or something like that, because you're doing a disease, uh, a deed and you're helping them and everything. But with a book, you have some guidance on, okay, maybe I can talk to this person. Maybe I can figure something out. I don't, I'm not ever saying that the Bible isn't a good source of where to derive stuff. I believe that the mm-hmm. Bible is very good guidance a lot of times. All I'm saying is I don't think if the only reason you're a good person is because of the Bible. Yeah, that's, that might not that's be where, thing. That, that's a lot of time where you find people are, they're not very good. They're, they're good on Sundays. They're good <laughs> right before dinner when they pray. Um, yeah, they're good on Easter. Yeah, it's awesome. just. Those are people, those are lost people who are struggling and they're looking to religion for guidance. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if we want to bring, you know, religion, there are plenty of, you know, Catholics and Christians and, and Muslims and Hindus yeah. who have done I mean, horrible things in the Bible. That we can go straight back to the Pope. He is a man who is regarded yeah. as a very, he's very high up and respected um but is it a good thing to say someone shouldn't have a particular freedom is that is that justified for him to do um and it's something this is something that i admire in islam is there's a big thing on not worshiping any man you just worship god no man mm-hmm. is worthy of worship just god and well Except even he's not worthy of worship because he is not god and so, um, yeah, yeah, that's something that is very iffy in a lot of religions, and I think that's where um, we see a lot of times in colonialism and what they did with religion. It got twisted really quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the thing with the Pope and gay marriage. Yeah. So he's if you take the Bible at the most literal face value, there is a verse Leviticus eighteen twenty two. Um, that says I in the, in some translations it'll say Thou shalt not be meddled with a man by lechery, I don't know how to pronounce that, by lechery of a woman, for it is an abomination, which means, you know, being gay is an abomination. So if you really do want to take that as literally as possible, there is a Bible verse that says that being gay is an abomination. But Mm -hmm. if you want to take the Bible as not just at face value, but really dive into what the Bible is, the the ideas that the Bible promotes, that God very famously this quote-unquote god created man in his own image Uh and so using the bible as a device to discourage gay marriage or to promote homophobic ideals is very um what's the word i'm looking for it's very short-sighted it you know you can look you know oh point oh leviticus 18 22 it's it's true gay people are bad like no it's first of all all the books of the bible were written by different people none of them were written by god himself none of them were written by jesus christ they were written by followers second of all the the words that god and jesus actually speak is to love thy neighbor and to yeah and i apologize if i'm getting too yeah too religious here but it's it's very clear that jesus wants you 
to love everybody, no matter their gender, their orientation, their, Mm -hmm. their race. Um, So using the Bible to discourage that idea is very borderline ironic, you know, to use Jesus, the book to venerate the book that's made to venerate Jesus, to Mm -hmm. discourage what he says. That's where people, um, um, that's where people a lot of times will say, well, I can love somebody, but that doesn't mean I can't approve of what they do. And while that can be valid in some cases, that really doesn't promote anything healthy. And I remember speaking mm-hmm. to my mom. Um, she grew up in a very Christian household. Her father was very Christian. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a predominantly black household. And um, so there's this idea of I beat you because I love you. Um, this idea of omnipresence, like, like I, I do what's best for you, but that doesn't mean just I do as I say, not as I do all these contradictions. It's like, just so that's why I feel like that we can't use the Bible as a moral compass and just mm-hmm. a guide or look at, look at colonialism where the Bible was, was cited as the reason that countries would dominate other countries and commit genocide mm-hmm. and stuff like that, that split not with the. <laughs> there's a very there's a very uh uh there's a story in which uh if you have to read anatolia anatolian greek to get it right in the bible number one mm-hmm. which people don't realize it's translated to latin and everything so the translation is lost in there there's a story where a man comes up and says my slave is sick he needs healing but in the greek translation it can mean lover and it's a man it's a male mm-hmm. slave or lover quote unquote mm-hmm. and jesus doesn't say anything guess what he does heals the man and he sends them on their way so why would it make sense for jesus when it's a man who like you said was created in god's own image if god didn't like gay people he would probably just not create gay people if god's the all-seeing all-knowing yeah god's that's smart enough to do that's that, the tough obviously. thing not and yes. like i i'm not uh, Muslim or anything, but I really do like Islam. Um, and I like the, the words you read in the Quran are the same ones they were reading hundreds of years ago. Um, yeah, I believe we, yeah. the Quran is all um, like it is just what as mm-hmm. yeah, it was. Um, well, the story yeah. goes basically, he went in a cave. Um, an angel, you could say, told him, told him that he should read or know all these stories. And so, uh, the angel made it happen. He knew, and he had to go profess it to everyone. And, um, these people memorized these words and they all came together and wrote this book and it became the Quran. And there's actual documentation of this man. And so while this man is not God, um, or, you know, he might not possess any power I I appreciate the part where, you know, it avoided a lot of mani- possible manipulation and mistranslation, misinterpretation. Yeah, if you read, one of my friends who's going to remain nameless said the best way to stay a Muslim is to not read the Quran. It's a very very funny thing because there's child slavery, there's uh, beheadings, there's all these things that are very interesting. And I'm not trying to. I'm doing this partially, and I'm saying this to. Uh, explain that we're not trying to right. give preferential treatment or Christianity 
of course. No, we're just pointing out flaws because we know Christianity best since we live in a largely majority Western country. But, you know, there's lots of homophobia right, in Islam. Yeah. There's lots of stuff in that. And I'm not trying to deride your admiration. Right. There's plenty of things plenty that, of... you know, you can't respect in every religion. That's I have to stress yeah, the importance of course. viewing the Bible as recipe, but more as an idea for you. It's kind of a, a com- convoluted metaphor, but it's much less a true story of actual real life events that happened. And you know, this is true, and you have to do this and believe that it's uh, a series of ideas at these parables that are the stories that we read in the Bible. And these those ideals are productive. Love thy neighbor. That's the big one. That is it's the Bible in one. Love thy neighbor. Um, you know, have love for other cheek. Mm-hmm. The, 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 he has to cut off and what the Bible is about. Like you can take any single verse from the Bible out of context and you can say that um you can you can say that that's what the Bible is trying to say. But the Bible it's it's very much um sorry if I'm I'm hearing from the other guys that I'm lagging a little bit, but mm-hmm. to summarize, the the Bible is much less about true stories as it is about ideals being told through parables and fictionalized. Right. It, it's as much of a book as, yeah. you know, any children's book that's 10 pages. Um, these are stories that you're meant to take lessons from. And um, I think all too often we see religion weaponized, whether for good or bad. We either see people turn religion in a weapon and demonize it, or we see people turn religion into a weapon and make it make them seem good and a lot of times people forget like like these people in higher up positions they are just as human as us and just as morally qualified as us they are just as morally correct as us they're just as intelligent as us the only difference is um you know these are leaders they have different goals different intentions and stuff like that and i also don't believe anyone is necessarily smarter than the next person I don't think that anyone can know God better than you. Right. I don't think that anyone's. That's your God. That's your truth. Mm -hmm. There are people. Yeah, it's exactly. I'm more of a spiritual person. I believe that I have my own personal connection to if there's a God, I'm, I don't know because I can't prove it. But if there is, I believe that I can have that connection with Mm -hmm. him and him only. And I believe the Bible's a great source for love and peace, but I don't believe in the, bad parts of the bible being weaponized against right. people that god loves because that's what it is that's what uh mm-hmm. anti-gay legislation is is taking parts of the bible that could have been mistranslated or stuff that was written by someone who isn't god and saying okay here's all you peace-loving folk this is bad these people yeah. god doesn't love these people specifically mm. isn't that a i mean isn't that and there's a just it's There's an issue, too, with um, pressing religion on people too early. Like, I remember when I was a kid, um, and my mom loosely held on to religion. I remember I would ask, like, when I was maybe four or five, like, where is God? And they'd be like, well, God is just everywhere. Just wherever you look, 
it, it, like God is there or present somehow. And I would literally try to imagine like God in a little vase or something like that or in a table um, and, you know, someone looking over your shoulder. I, I feel like there should be not not some sort of government regulation, but anybody as a parent should probably really you know think long and hard about what when is the right time to introduce these things as concrete or should you ever really make, introduce it as concrete mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah i i think we all know of course this conversation was not in any way meant to alienate christians a lot of us are like will said he comes from a christian household right. or any religion we just believe that the bad parts should stay out. That's, I think, is, I think that's something that we believe. We believe that all the positive things stay, of course. And we love that. Yeah, and, and, and nothing is ever, like, on the agenda for these things. It's just, um, you know, religion is a thing that is in our everyday lives, believe it or not. Just like all these other things when people ask why, we, you know, someone may bring it up all the time. It's our everyday lives. And it's just interesting to look at. Mm-hmm. And of course, if we did like offend anybody throughout yeah. the course of this, you know, let us know. We'll apologize. Nowhere near what we wanted to do. We obviously that was not our intentions. Uh, we'll yeah, or we'll do whatever we can in the we'll next episode. If we said if something it, that was hurtful to people, we'll do it. We we care about um, being being fair and representing all cultures and peoples respectfully. So if there was any. If, us know yeah um i think i think we can conclude here and my last note would be just be a good human that's it just Mm -hmm. be good yeah whether you are christian or muslim or hindu um yeah treat treat everybody with respect yeah or just even an atheist just be a be a good person keep someone with respect recognize know your history and just uh yeah so please uh let us know what you mm-hmm. think this was a very touchy subject so it's obviously yeah, we're, we're coming we we're coming care, at this with nothing but love for for all all groups of people all cultures that we talked about absolutely absolutely every every single culture is beautiful in the world that's and that's not just me mm-hmm. just saying that it's the truth so if you if you want to inform more of us about uh, Islam or Judaism or Christianity and send us a voice yeah, or even reach out to one of us privately us. and we would be we, so overjoyed to have you on a, on the show as a guest or something to educate us that would be fantastic oh yeah I think it's it's uh, you know time if anybody's trying to hop on let us know what you got to bring to the table yeah we're pretty please. open yeah uh yeah we uh we have ne- great topics for uh next week we have all types of news we haven't mm-hmm. covered close to this week's news so we've got plenty of stuff to do so please if you want to talk about anything yeah. let us all know. right love to thanks so much for listening area. you guys <laughs> yeah it's all all right